Welcome to This is Texas Wine. I'm Shelley Wilfong, a wine educator, writer, and Texas wine enthusiast. On this podcast, I share Texas wine news, interview the most important people in the Texas wine industry, and bring you the information you need to be a more informed Texas wine drinker. Thank you for joining me on this Texas wine journey. This is episode 16. Happy New Year. In this episode, I'll share what we might expect in the Texas wine industry in 2021. I've got my Texas wine New Year's resolutions, and a number of wineries join me in sharing their predictions for the new year. You'll hear directly from some of the friends of the podcast about their Texas wine-related goals and plans, too. First, let's take a look at the recent Texas wine news. Russ Kane is teaching another specialist of Texas wine certification class on Zoom. It starts January the 27th. You'll learn a lot about the unique geography and growing conditions in Texas, the history of viticulture in Texas, and how to pick the best Texas wines. Sign up soon to be sure your wines are delivered by the start of class. I took this class a few years ago, and I highly recommend it. It's offered by the Texas Wine School. You can register at thetexaswineschool.com. William Chris Wine Club members got an email at the end of the year that included a link to a six-minute video called Growing Wine. It's a trip through the vineyard with beautiful cinematography, and I loved hearing both Bill Blackman and Chris Brendret, the co-founders of William Chris Vineyards, talk a little bit about their history. And the video also features William Chris's winemaker, Tony O'Feal, the vineyard manager, Evan McKibben, and journalist Jessica Dufuy. Check it out on YouTube. I'll link to it in the show notes. Vine Pair included prospective sellers in a recent article on specialty wine clubs. Perspective sellers you may have seen right on Main Street in Fredericksburg, and they feature a lot of unique tasting events in their shop. Vine Pear writes that Amy Nimick, founder of Perspective Sellers, selects a unique batch of wines for her wine club, and the wines compare Texas bottlings to similar wines from other regions. Each shipment includes one Texas wine, one Old World wine, and one New World wine. The quarterly clubs include a Cab of the Month option and the Flight Club, which highlights a specific variety or blend, winemaking style or bottling technique. The average price of each allocation is $100. Good job, prospective sellers. Dukeman Family Winery was recognized by Bloomberg as having one of the 50 best wines under $50 for 2020. The 2017 Dukeman Family Winery Roussan Oswald Vineyard was the wine that was included on the list. Ellen McCoy writes, Get ready to be wowed by the first vintage of this vibrant, savory Texas white made from a white grape popular in the Rhone Valley. It's $24. McCoy also highlights Brennan Vineyards in an article on Thanksgiving wines from different states. Brennan's 2019 Dry Rosé was selected for Bloomberg's article, Toast Your Thanksgiving with the Rosé from Texas or a Vermont Red. McCoy writes, yes, I love Texas Tempranillo, but for Thanksgiving, I lean toward this crisp, food-friendly, easy-sipping rosé, an aromatic blend of Morvedra and Muscat that comes from Comanche County. Chris Greider, owner of Kissing Tree Winery in Bruce Folletti, which is outside of Waco, may soon find himself in hot water after having participated in the riot inside the U.S. Capitol. KWKT-TV in Waco interviewed Greider just after the breach of the Capitol. He stated that he was on the second floor of the Capitol just outside the Speaker's office, and he witnessed the woman being shot. A story from KCEN, another Waco news station, 
said that the FBI is aware of his admitted involvement in the riots and that he has hired an attorney. He calls the whole thing overblown. Social media criticism of Grider's actions has been strong, although I haven't seen anything about it in the Texas Wine Facebook groups that I'm in. Well, I did see one post, but apparently it's been removed. I'm not sure I've ever had Kissing Tree wine, and I don't plan to visit Kissing Tree Winery now. I prefer to spend my wine budget with people who strive to uphold democracy rather than tear it down. On to happier news, Texas Hill Country Wineries has tickets on sale for February's Wine Lover Celebration. Explore the Texas Hill Country and 45 of its unique wineries on this 26-day self-guided tour. The tickets include complimentary tastings at each winery and discounts on bottle purchases as well. You will need to make reservations at most of the wineries, and the hours vary. Tickets are $100 per couple or $65 for an individual. You can find all the details and buy your tickets online at texaswinetrail.com. I actually won tickets on a recent Facebook Live happy hour hosted by the Texas Hill Country Wineries. So I'm looking forward to making it down there for a weekend in February. So I hope to see you there. This news isn't specifically for Texas, but it's wine news that I find really interesting. Esther Mobley of the San Francisco Chronicle wrote a recent article titled, Pandemic Drinking Did Not Save the Wine Industry's Slowing Sales, New Data Shows. The article says that the wine category will ultimately have about a 0 to 1% growth in 2020 when it's all said and done, and that any growth is actually not because of wine, but because of two fast-growing imported products that get categorized under the wine umbrella. Those include bottled sangria and a low-alcohol tequila alternative, which is considered an agave-based wine. One of Mobley's points is that although early in the pandemic people were saying they were stockpiling toilet paper and wine, they didn't necessarily go through it any faster than usual. Retail sales were up 16% during the pandemic, but that wasn't enough to make up for the categories including restaurants that had major losses in 2020. And big box stores and supermarkets were the winners in the retail category. Smaller independent wine shops didn't fare as well. Therefore, the smaller boutique wineries who are more likely to sell most of their wine in independent shops, restaurants, or in their own tasting rooms, they suffered. Big wine corporations who make large-volume SKUs that get stocked on Safeway shelves thrived. I'll be listening in on January 13th as the Silicon Valley Bank gives its annual State of the Wine Industry report, and I'll report back with any interesting findings and for any data that relates to Texas specifically. And that's the Texas Wine News. I'm super excited to be a new member of the Wine and Food Foundation. Maybe you've attended or heard of some of their signature events like Big Red and Bubbles, Rare and Fine Wine Auction, Toast of Texas, or Austin Wine Experience. Although the association and these events are based in Austin, they've just launched a new Imbibe program that's on a digital platform. And by the time you hear this, I'll have participated in my first Zoom event, a food and wine pairing class that focuses on Mexican street food. If you do happen to live in Austin, there are wine pairings available, but what I plan to do is just pick wines that are similar to the ones suggested. The Wine and Food Foundation offers online wine classes every week, and upcoming topics include fine Italian wine and Pinot Noir and Chardonnay from around the world. Soon the foundation will also be hosting outdoor COVID-friendly gatherings. I know members of this group love wine, and I saw a couple familiar Texas wine faces on the list of officers. 
Mara Sharp of Sharp Family Vineyards in the Davis Mountain AVA, and Frederick Osterberg, a co-founder of Pedernalis Cellars, are both officers. I feel good knowing that since 1995, the foundation has awarded more than $1.6 million in grants, scholarships, and support for the hospitality industry. COVID has created a real crisis for our hospitality industry, and I'm glad to know that the foundation is responding to assist. Check out the Wine and Food Foundation's upcoming events and consider joining this wine and food-loving group by visiting winefoodfoundation.org. I'm glad to be back after a little break around the holidays. Happy not-so-dry January. I hope that this next year will give us plenty more opportunities to get out and enjoy Texas wine and to visit more wineries. I put up a story on Instagram that had my five Texas wine-related New Year's resolutions. They were to spend more time in Fredericksburg and the surrounding areas, to visit the wineries around St. Joe, which is in North Texas, to host a podcast meetup, to help with Harvest Again, and to host a blind tasting of more Vedra around the world. And I was curious to know if any of my listeners also had made Texas wine New Year's resolutions. Most of the comments I received were simply that people wanted to drink more Texas wine, and that's certainly a good one. But I suggest that you also add to not miss an episode of this podcast. Texas Fine Wine shared some predictions for the year ahead. That's the marketing group that represents five Texas wineries, Brennan, Dukeman, Bending Branch, Spicewood, and Paternalis. Now, you can find the full list of predictions on the Texas Wine Lover website, but here are a few that I think are interesting and that I hope come true. First, to look for more single vineyard and single varietal wines. They also mentioned finding more single varietal wines from Tariga Nacional and Cinso, and I, I hope so, especially because Cinso is one of my very favorites. Their second prediction I wanted to mention is fizz and more fizz. And you know what that means, sparkling wine, pet nat, and the like. I'm all for that. Next is that online sales will keep growing. Of course, before COVID, the Texas wineries significantly relied on tasting room sales. And while that's still important, it's definitely been curtailed this year. So wineries have definitely moved towards Zoom happy hours, virtual tastings and dinners, and more private events. And that's helping drive people to purchase wine online. Next is more barrel-aged whites. Of course, stainless steel is always a popular option, but they have identified that they're seeing more experimentation with barrel fermentation and aging. Finally, they predict that wineries will continue to offer wide open spaces. They're growing their outdoor seating with cabanas, tents, gardens, and patios, and they anticipate seeing COVID protocols remaining in place all year long at many wineries. Thanks to Denise Clark and Texas Fine Wine for sharing these predictions. Now I have a couple of others. Number one is that I predict the Texas legislature, which will be meeting very soon, won't make any changes to rules for labeling of Texas wine. We've discussed before how currently you only need 75% Texas grapes for a bottle of wine labeled Texas. So making this requirement stronger has come up over the last few sessions of the legislature, but I just don't see any momentum toward actually getting it changed this time. There's just too much going on with COVID and with the state of the economy. Those are more pressing issues. And so I'm predicting that nothing happens around Texas wine labeling. 
Second, I see a general slowdown ahead in the number of new wineries breaking ground in 2021. And I'm afraid we may even see closure of some wineries. Just because the economic conditions of 2020 are still really difficult for many wineries, especially smaller wineries, and I'm not sure that every winery will survive. Those that rely on events and tasting room sales and don't have a strong wine club or e-commerce presence are especially vulnerable. Number three, I expect to see improvements in wineries, websites, and e-commerce abilities. And I hope that wineries are really listening to what consumers want. Wineries, please give us an easy-to-use site with full information about a wine, including tasting notes, vintage information, and technical details. And be sure to keep the website updated with hours of operation and details on special events. Number four, I think wineries are going to get creative with member benefits in 2021. Since pickup parties and other events in person aren't happening with the frequency that they did prior to COVID, I think wineries will find other ways to keep people engaged with their brand and to keep wine club members subscribing. If you see some fun member benefits, please send them my way. I'd love to highlight the most creative by shouting them out on the podcast. Number five, I predict that 2021 will be the year that a new AVA is approved for Texas. We've been hearing that there's something in the works out in Comanche for years. Fingers crossed for that new AVA. When approved, it will be the ninth AVA in Texas. And finally, I want to speak this into existence. I predict that 2021 will be a stellar year in the vineyards. Perfect weather, spot-on vineyard management, and a complete rebound from the troubles that we had last year. Hey, a girl can dream, right? Now, I put out a call to the Texas winery folks I know, to share what they've got going on in 2021, their plans, goals, and predictions. Here's what they had to say. Hello, this is Dr. Jack Wright with Chateau Wright. We're located in Fort Davis, Texas. And this year, we're planning to plant more Rhone varietal white grapes to try to recreate a Chateauneuf-de-Pop white wine That's my dream, is to be able to plant those uh, varietals. Happy New Year. This is Maureen Dan Sharp from Sharp Family Vineyards. We're grape growers on the southern slope of beautiful Blue Mountain and the Texas Davis Mountains AVA. And we are so ready to turn the page on 2020 and make 2021 a great year. Our number one goal this year is to continue growing our vineyard, literally. We're planting three more acres of Cabernet Sauvignon on the mountainside this spring. In addition to planting more acreage in the vineyard, we're working on plans for an estate winery, which will eventually open once our vines mature. And then finally, our other big goal for 2021 is just to keep learning. Uh, We're still learning about our site, about how the vines are adapting here, the volcanic soil, the climate, the clones and rootstocks, the elevation, and on and on. And, of course, that will probably be a goal for us every year in the future, too. But cheers to 2021. Hey, Shelly, this is Mike Nelson at Abastris Winery in Stonewall. I wanted to kind of share our hopes and goals and news uh, for 2021 with you. Um, Exciting stuff coming from Abastris. We're in the process of expanding our tasting room. Uh, We'll have some more outdoor tasting areas um, as well as a kitchen in a dining room, my brother-in-law, Mitch, is going to be doing food and wine pairings. Um, we'll also be doing some wine dinners in the dining room that we're building. Uh, so that's all very exciting. 
Um, our estate vineyard, we've got three, or sorry, five additional acres uh, that are coming online. They'll be third leaf vines, so we expect to have a decent little crop uh, from all 12 of our of our estate acres. Um, so that's very fun too. And on the winemaking front, we're looking forward to kind of a, a better year from High Plains fruit. And talking with a lot of our growers, um, they're kind of seeing you know good things out of the vineyard, and we're expecting a, a bumper crop from the High Plains uh, compared with last year when everything had gotten frozen out. So all very exciting things. I think twenty twenty one is going to be a great year. Can't be worse than last year, right? So. We're all very excited. Got some exciting things coming, and uh, we hope everybody enjoys and has a has a great year. Uh, hope to see you soon. Bye. Happy New Year, Shelley. And this is Texas Wine. It's Chuck Tradiglione of the Bull Lion Ranch and Vineyards. We're so looking forward to a big year with Texas Wine. It's been a tough year for all of us, but we have still we have not sat still one minute. We continue to work on fine wines from a very good 2020 crop. Um, our family, Old World Chianti, we call Texianti, continues to be our gold medal winner. And we are just breaking into our 2017 vintages of Montepulciano, Sangiovese, Malbec, Tempranillo, and Cabernet that all are outstanding. Not to mention a few good whites, uh, Tribbiano and Pinot Grigio. Another exciting wine I urge you all to try is our Cab Franc, we call Cab Frank. When you see the label, you will understand the name. Our wines can be purchased at HEB and Brookshire throughout the Metroplex. And, of course, at the wine shops, our wine shop, three wine shops located on Chalk Mountain near Glen Rose, on the historic squares in Glen Rose and Granbury. And you must see our new newest cool location, on Main Street in Grapevine. Please come see us and try our old world Texas Italian family wines, family salamis, desserts, and local cheeses. That's Amore. Come see us. Bye, Shelly. Hi again, Shelly, and this is Texas Wine. It's Chuck Tordiglione of the Bull Lion Ranch and Vineyards again. And at this time, I want to update you on what's ahead on the Cross Timbers Wine Trail. As the second largest wine trail in Texas, just west of the DFW Metroplex, we are working hard to promote Texas wines in 2021. In fact, we just released our second wine trail travel guide. And this will be the year we will be recognized as the biggest trail for Texas wine festivals. We believe this virus thing will be a thing of the past in April, and we are moving forward with all events. On April 23rd and 24th, we will hold the Granberry Wine Walk, one of the oldest and most prestigious wine festivals in Texas. On May 14th and 15th, Mother's Day weekend, we will hold the Go Texan Wine, Food, and Art Festival at Panther Island in Fort Worth. This will be the largest all-Texas event in the state with over 35 wineries, Texas food, and Texas art. Also, wine seminars for those considering getting into the wine and vineyard business. It doesn't stop there. Come fall and winter, the Cross Timbers Wine Trail is also making plans with Grapevine for another major event in October. Also, the Wine and Brew Crawl, November 6th in Burleson, 
And in November, uh, November 20th, 21st, we will hold the Cross Timber Wine Symposium Festival and Wine Competition in Granbury, Texas, with classes for those wanting to get in, again, to the wine and great business. All festivals are all Texas and fun for all the wine lovers. Oh, one more thing. The Cross Timbers Wine Trail Wineries will be at the Dallas Farmers Market February 13th from 11 to 5. Tickets for this event are limited, so get them as soon as possible. I think they go on sale uh, here in a couple of weeks. There are many things going on on the Cross Timber Wine Trail this year, so be sure to follow, like us on Facebook to keep up with what's happening. Also, be sure to follow the Facebook page called Texas Bistro Wine and Brew is a new one that supports Texas wine and Texas grown foods. It's a really, really cool uh, Facebook page and uh, interesting. Uh, see you all on the trail. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. That's some more day. Hi, Shelley. This is Michelle Anderson from Triple N. Ranch Winery, and I'm so excited uh, about your questions for 2021. Hopefully, it'll be so much better than 2020. So here we go, our resolutions. Uh, we here at Triple N Winery resolve to continue to provide wide open spaces on our winery and ranch area with more outdoor seating and heaters to keep our guests comfortable. We invite our customers to join us in our journey through the wine enjoyment providing a wine tasting experience that is relaxing, fun, and educational. Our predictions are that we believe strongly and predict that Texas wines will continue to grow in popularity, not only in Texas, but around the U.S. As we start to heal from the effects of this pandemic, we anticipate people will seek healthier lifestyles. Since our winery was encouraged to serve food, in order to stay open, we wanted to support our local farmers and ranchers by providing organic and health-conscious meals. Our dreams as we plant our vineyard in May, we are also dreaming of putting in some organic gardening on the property so we can offer a farm-to-table food to pair with our wines. We also want to partner with other wineries and food establishments to host an East Texas wine and food festival hopefully next fall we also dream of having our getting our concert series back outdoors on weekends that play tribute style concerts and are actually um have already lined up march for for this season and our plans we are planting our first vines our wine club vineyard um we worked with uc davis to get some hybrids we have the culinary noir and uh paciente Noir um, from UC Davis. Um, we've had a great deal of interest from family and friends wanting to be part of our journey. With the block sponsorship, it's creating a lot of excitement with their involvement with planting parties, pruning get-togethers, harvesting our grapes, celebrating the final product by bottling and enjoying these vines with their very own name on a small plaque on our trellis system. We also plan to enlarge and landscape our games area outside the barn and winery with bocce, cornhole, washers, croquet, and frisbee golf. We look forward to co-hosting many events with our friends around Cedar Creek Lake as well. 
Again, thank you so much, Shelley, for all that you do for Texas Wine. Thanks to Mike Nelson of Abastris, Chuck Tordiglione of Bull Lion Ranch, Mara and Dan Sharp of Sharp Family Vineyards, Dr. Jack Wright of Chateau Wright, and Michelle Anderson of Triple N Ranch Winery for participating. If you're a Texas winery and want to participate in future episodes, shoot me an email at texaswinepod at gmail.com. Now, Wine Spectator also had some predictions about wine in 2021. They're rather tongue-in-cheek. They predict, number one, winery tours via virtual reality headsets, two, vaccines for vine diseases, three, that the Portland Trailblazers will give up on basketball in favor of winemaking, and number four, more fast food and wine collaborations, like the one that Taco Bell did with Jalapeno Noir Wine. That one sold out in 11 minutes. Here's my response to those predictions. Well, number one, regarding virtual reality, Texas Fine Wine has already used virtual reality to allow people to stand in vineyards across the state. I did it in 2018 at Texom, and the videos are still up on the Texas Fine Wine site if you want to check it out. That's at texasfinewine.com. Regarding vine vaccines, nothing would surprise me. Science is marvelous, just as long as I get my COVID vaccine first. And finally, I'm all for Whataburger expanding the drinks menu to include Texas wine. Remember, all the show notes for this episode are at thisistexaswine.com. That's where you'll find the links to the William Chris video, information about joining the Wine and Food Foundation, the news article I mentioned, the sign-up for the Texas Wine Specialist class, and more. While you're there, you can also sign up for my newsletter and also click the Support the Podcast tab. Please don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Most people find out about podcasts through word of mouth, so please share on your social media. Email me with any feedback or questions. Who would you like to see on the show? My email is texaswinepod at gmail.com. And please follow the podcast at Texas Wine Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or if you've got questions and comments that you'd like to leave as a voicemail, please do. I have a Google voicemail box that is ready for your messages 24-7. The number is 802-585-1286. Maybe I'll play your comment or question on the next show. Again, that's 802-585-1286. Texas Wine Lover website will be 10 years old in a few short months, and it's the best place to visit whenever you have a question about a Texas winery or Texas vineyard. Find it at texaswinelover.com. Thanks, Jeff Cope, for helping promote this podcast and the Texas wine industry. And thank you for listening to this episode of This is Texas Wine. Cheers, y'all.